episode number 352, What If, season one, episode one, What If Captain Carter Were the First Avenger? To level seven. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. This is a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the Marvel Cinematic Multiverse. I guess that's what we're we're doing. In fact, that might even be the new phrase that we should use, the Marvel Cinematic Multiverse. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, here to talk about What If, which I have been waiting for for a while now. Uh, but I'm not alone to talk about this. If you are familiar with the podcast, you are familiar with the next two voices you are going to hear. Please introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Agent Samantha. My mama always said ladies first. So, yes, you're Agent <laughs> Samantha. I'm Agent Stu. I'm not, if you're familiar with this podcast, I am not Dapper Daniel. But that's okay. Yeah, we have have we done 352 of these things? Jeez. Yeah, yeah. And, and by by we um Daniel was a part of that for I mean, I don't remember when he wasn't on it, but I think you might have been on it longer than him now. Like he helped no, me start this that's thing, not, but that's not possible. That is not possible. <laughs> We've been at it for a long, long time. We have been, but it's 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 still not possible. Uh, so did know. we join? I think it was late 2016. Maybe so I don't early remember exactly when you joined. Um, I remember it because it was right around the time that my grandmother died. And I think you and I had to delay because of that. So we've been doing the podcast. Yeah, since 2013. I, I think that that qualifies as a long running podcast. Yeah. That is a long-running podcast, Ben. I congratulate you for being a part of it as long as you have been. Well, in fact, I'm I'm looking now to see even what the uh, the date was. We might have missed an anniversary here. Yeah, we did. Did we? Maybe. Probably. <laughs> Let's see here. It was 2013. First episode. Welcome to Level Seven. Episode one was teased by a trailer. May 21st, 2013. So that's eight years ago. Oh, wow. That is a wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That was a long time ago. And we did tease by a trailer. The second episode was um, the Ang Lee Hulk. And then we actually got into the MCU with Iron Man in the third episode. You guys covered the Ang Lee Hulk. We did. That's a great movie. I pushed for that because I really wanted to. It wasn't part of the MCU, but when they did the Incredible Hulk, it wasn't a complete reboot. It was kind of a reboot. So. 
Yeah, it was General Ross is in the is in that movie, isn't he? William uh, Hurt as General Ross is in that movie, right? Uh was it William Hurt? I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen that one. You know, I don't think I've ever seen the Ang Lee um Hulk movie. Well that might sure. be something I know for I've us to do. I've seen the Incredible Hulk. The Ang Lee Hulk was when you consider it, it was very good for what it was when it was, except for when it wasn't good. <laughs> and, um, yeah, but that's where we started. And, and then we moved into the, the movies and then we moved into agents of shield. And then the MCU started exploding and getting more and more gigantic until we get to this point here with what if, which is what we're here to talk about this new Disney plus animated anthology and if you're just joining us for this series what if then we do want to remind you of our spoiler policy or not remind you let you know it let you in on our spoiler policy if we've talked about it on the podcast we probably well it's free game for us to talk about here we will probably be spoiling avengers movies from nine ten years ago <laughs> and maybe spoiling um the agent carter tv show and definitely spoiling spoiling the entire episode of What If that we are watching right now. So, uh, Samantha, should we drop a spoiler organ just for fun? We don't have to because I just said the spoiler thing and the whole episode is going to be spoiler. But you want to do sure. that? All right. Yeah, well, let's, let's hit it then. I love me some spoiler organs. So <laughs> drop it. Spoilers. 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 So what even is this? I mean, really, is this part of, I mean, it's part of the MCU because it's part of the MCU. We just take that as given because Kevin Feige has said anything on Disney plus is going to be part of the MCU. But what is this? Okay. So here's where, I actually kind of made a list of things where I think the word I'm going to use to describe this, especially this episode, but I'm assuming this whole series is for me anyway, familiar, comfortable, and safe. That sounds kind of dumb, but that's my three word review. Well, four word, if you include my, my uh, conjunction, but um, yeah, I, what if is a comic book series that Marvel did? Starting, I believe, in the 70s, but it may have been a little bit earlier than that. And it was this show. The format of this show was exactly what that was. From the narration explaining, this is what happened in the real universe. But one small change, and then it goes into the story, where it's just that one small change, and it just can go as wild as it wants to go. Sometimes even where like whole universes are destroyed. <laughs> and then, at the end... Yuatu, the watcher, says, but I am only allowed to watch. And that's not what really happened. So don't worry, it's okay. Conan didn't fight Wolverine. Although he does now, because Conan is part of the actual Marvel 616. But that's a whole nother thing. So that, to me, watching this was just so... I don't know if nostalgic is quite the right word. But that's what that comic book series was. And... uh Let's see here. 
Do you still have Marvel Unlimited or whatever that's called? The comic no, book I don't. subscription? Oh, okay. No. Because they have a ton of them on there. Let me pull it up and see here. If I, I, I can give you some of the things they did. One of them I know was uh, what if uh, Spider-Man joined this Fantastic Four? And the cover of that one is like, look out, everyone. It's a Fantastic Five now. That kind of thing. But didn't Spider-Man join the Fantastic Four at some point? He was invited, but he didn't join. So here's, yeah, what if, number one, what if Spider-Man joined the Fantastic Four? Number two was, what if Hulk had the brain of Bruce Banner? What if the Avengers had never been? What if the Invaders had stayed together after World War II and the Invaders were a retro, a retcon team where with Captain America, Namor, um, original Human Torch, um, I think the Wizard was in that. Uh, what if Captain America hadn't vanished during World War II? What if the Fantastic Four had different superpowers? What if uh, someone else besides Spider-Man had been bitten by the radioactive spider? And they actually give like three different versions of the story. So that's three three stories in that. Um, what if the, the world knew that Daredevil was blind? What if the Avengers had fought during the 1960s? What if Jane Foster had found the Hammer of Thor? Does that sound, sound familiar to anybody? Uh, what if the original Marvel bullpen had become the Fantastic Four? So that's Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and uh, <laughs> uh, those guys becoming the Fantastic Four. What if Rick Jones had become the Hulk? Rich, Rick Jones really is someone who should have been in, in the MCU but hasn't been yet. Uh, what if Sergeant Fury had fought World War II in outer space? I did a episode of the comic book Time Machine about that one. Uh, what if Nova had been four other people? What if the uh, what if Shang Chi, Master of Kung Fu, fought on the side of Fu Manchu? What if Ghost Rider, Spider Woman, Captain Marvel were villains? What if Doctor Strange were a disciple of Dormammu? What if Spider Man? This is a good one. I did a comic book time machine about this one too. What if Spider Man had never become a crime fighter? That's the one where he actually becomes an entertainer and stays with entertainment after his uncle, after all this stuff. Um, it's it's a good episode or good issue. So it's that kind of thing. And it's a single issue. Oh, what if the Hulk had become a barbarian? That one is fantastic. That one takes this classic Hulk story, famous Hulk story, and, and turns it on its side. And that's what they all do. What if Doctor Doom had become a hero? What if Spider-Man had rescued Gwen Stacy? So it's all these like important big characters, important big stories, and just giving them a little bit of a twist, just turning them sideways just a little bit. And what I love about what ifs and the 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 DC version of that is Elseworlds, and they've done some other things as well, but Elseworlds was the the most kind of famous one that they did. And they take a character you know and love and and just give it that one little bit of a twist. And you find out, okay, so Peter Parker becomes an entertainer, but he can't fight who he actually is. And so, you know, he's going to step up and become a hero eventually. And it's just, you get to see these characters, you know, and love do this slightly different thing. But the other thing I like about it is they're all one shots. So you can sit down and you're going to get a full story beginning, middle and end. And if you're familiar with the story, you're going to get so much more out of it and really enjoy it. If you're not familiar with the story, it's okay. If you know who Peter Parker is and Spider-Man is, you're still going to enjoy it if it's good. But you may not get like some of the little nuances to it. And I think the same is true with this with this show here. 
I was just going to say that I think the I think this takes all the pieces out of the box, plays with them, and then puts them right back in the box. Maybe with a little twist, though. Yeah, yeah. And so I, th- I think we kind of, in some ways, almost need to judge this in two ways. And one is, how does it work as a MCU what if, for those of us who are fans of the MCU? And the other one is, does this work as a standalone mini-movie? And I think for this first episode, I would answer that second question. I, I want us to t- take that one first, okay? Does this work as a standalone thing? Does this work as, hey, this is the adventures of Captain Carter and Hydra Stomper? This is my reaction to the uh, this episode. At the end, I really wished we could have gotten 20 movies worth of Captain Carter. Absolutely. Instead of, yeah. Okay, so spoiler Amen. alert. I don't know specific details. I just know that interviews have revealed that Captain Carter, this Captain Carter from this multiverse space, whatever, <laughs> this place is going to be in every season. Oh, so good. while we may not get 20 of them, we are going to get more of her. Good. I loved it. And I wanted like at one point the episode I thought like drew to a close or something like that. And I was like, no, 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 no. I want more. I want wait. And then it kept going. I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> because it's so well done. And if you've been a fan of, you know, Haley Atwell and Captain Carter and Agent Carter, and, you know, even if you were a fan of the Agent Carter one shot or the Agent Carter TV show, this is right up your alley, right up your alley. Well, okay. so. Let's talk about that. I think that might be a good place to start because it's a little bit negative and we can end with, we can end where we praise Caesar. Okay. But first I didn't watch the legends episode leading up to this, but I understand the legends episode that they did on Disney plus it was about Peggy Carter. And I'm already heard one of you groan and one of you, uh, sigh a little bit. So I, and I kind of knew I would get some sort of reaction uh, because we've already done a little bit of talk of, about this on, on our Facebook thread. But yeah, my understanding is they did not really acknowledge ABC TV. You know, the only complaint we have is with actually another series, not the what if show. <laughs> it's the behind the scenes so- like reminder. Thing. Yeah, the the, <laughs> leg- the the previously on. I mean, that's legend. what Legends yeah. is is previously on. It's to remind you about everything that's come before to set you up for the thing that's coming. And they did that with WandaVision. They did that with Falcon and Winter Soldier. I, they did that with Loki. And now they've done it with Peggy Carter for this episode of What If. So it's it's connected though, and and, and there's a yeah. reason I want to bring that up because of how it's connected. So, so, okay. So they did not, I could not identify a single shot from ABC's agent Carter. I did. They did have Bradley Whitford in, uh, who, who was her boss in the agent Carter one shot. And that uh, last shot of Dominic, 
Dominic Cooper saying she's going to come work for me or whatever. That was also from that ABC, that one shot, which I can't remember what movie that premiered on, what DVD that premiered on. I believe it was Iron Man 3. Might have been. Okay. I I, I Um, think so. We were having a hard time finding it again on YouTube. So somebody pull out their Iron Man 3 disc and check for us. I really um, wish I could. I really wanted to pull out my Iron Man 3 disc and watch it uh, before we did this episode, but I could not find it. So, but I know Bradley Whitford was in that. Bradley Whitford, I love him. He's been in a million things and he's great in all of them, including this and including the episode. We'll get to that later. But there was no mention of the ABC show Agent Carter, which is on Disney Plus, by the way. You can watch it. So that's where the groan came from. Yeah. Continue. I also noticed uh, watching the the Legends episode that without the Agent Carter series, all of Peggy's story revolves around Steve. And oh yeah, that yeah. was the other thing. I was like, we're just gonna yeah. watch Captain America again. Because I love it, but come on. Yeah, and I don't think about Peggy's story being Steve-centric because there's also all those hours from the TV show where she's doing other things and she's leading her own story. And the TV show, though, is the only part of the MCU that pulls us away from that. Everything else for Agent Carter is about Carter and Steve. It's about the two of them. It's it could be one of those things where you say it's it's a romance for the ages, you know, and and. That's valid, I guess, you know, that the 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 Carter Rogers story is starting in the first Avenger and ending in Endgame where they yeah. are. They finally get that dance, you know. And it's a great story, but I mean, in the movies, Steve got so much more to do and Peggy in the movies did have some motiv- motivation, but it went along with Steve's story the entire way. And that's the thing is that she's. She's a very independent character. She's an independent woman, and it just wasn't... And she wasn't equal to Steve, which I think the series supports, because she can go off and do her own thing, and she's very strong in her own way. But it's just without the series, you know, she's just the girlfriend in many ways, the romantic interest. And the series played with that a little bit, too. I remember there being some episodes where they had the radio program the the Captain America radio program and it's I'm I'm right. Captain America's girlfriend ba 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 you know and and she's like uh yeah uh well, but she got it. her reaction in that scene is very much we're going to be hanging on that or and we're going to make me sound like a dumb blonde or actually I'm really sorry to all the blondes out there there's plenty of very smart blondes out there but yeah they're just making her sound to be this very two dimensional ditzy character and. Even her reaction is, Yeah, yeah. Uh, But what's interesting is, I think if you throw in everything that that Peggy's been in and everything that Steve has been in, I think she has more screen time than him now because of of her show. And and her show where she was, I mean, she was the title character. She was the headliner. And yeah, it was was good stuff. All of the episodes you can find on welcome to level seven because we covered them all we did Mm -hmm. we did and we had fun doing it because it was a fun show it was a really fun show and it ended too soon it should have gotten at least one more season or at least one more episode (laughs) 
to tie up the loose ends. At least one more episode. Yeah. Um, and Agent Carter is also in Disney Plus too. There's no reason for them not to, pr- to promote it. The, I think the only reason not to promote it is as far as looking at legends, that is. Yeah. Um, the reason is this ties in before that. But even. No, it doesn't because they tied in the the one she, shot, her, her, the one shot and her appearances later in the movies. Yeah. So, yeah, the, they just they just ignored yeah. the series. Which is because if they if they acknowledge the series, they have to say that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is because those two tied in very, very well. You yeah. know, there was stuff in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that was being referenced and Agent Carter, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And also there's um, a character from Agent Carter that hopped over to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the last season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forget about that. Mm-hmm. But Great it is show. one of those interesting things Agent where the stuff that happens to her in her show, Agent Carter, she goes on to be in movies chronologically after that. Agents yeah. of S.H.I.E.L.D. didn't do that. And so she's in a really interesting place as far as the the screen, as far as the character, you know, well, outside of outside of story. And Jarvis and was brought over to the movies. He was an endgame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agent Carter. So if any of like like that Agents of Shield is not the hill I'm gonna die on as far as like what is MCU canon. Agent Carter is. I will fight to my last breath to say that Agent Carter is MCU canon. You mm-hmm. heard it here first, people. Yeah, and you can look at Agent Carter without looking at Agents of Shield. I mean, what happened on Agents of Shield, I mean, it doesn't necessarily directly affect what happened on Agent Carter. So it could be independent of it. Yeah. Agent Carter could be MCU where Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did veer off into an alternate universe. Very, very easily. Yes. Yeah, easily. Okay. So let's get back to this show, this series. What if. Oh, yeah. Earth. This series. 1943. The Nazis are on the march. The scrawny kid is getting strapped into an experimental machine, and we have a moment in time that changes everything. And we have a narrator telling us all that stuff. This is where it also was feeling familiar and safe for me, because it felt like I was watching a Twilight Zone episode or an Outer Limits episode. And actually... I know Twilight Zone is the one that gets thrown around more, but to me, the vibe, especially of the narration, was more Outer Limits. Because Twilight Zone, it's a guy who's just like a, a, just this regular Joe. You know, now it's Rod Serling, and he's he's not a regular Joe. But he's talking to you as if he's just talking to you. Uh, with Outer Limits, it's a God voice. You know, it's, it's a God voice saying, do not adjust. We have control of your TV. You know, all that kind of stuff. And then it sets up. This is a suburban neighborhood, which keeps everyone safe. But are they, you know, and it's this God voice mm-hmm. kind of setting up what you're about to get into. And so for me, Outer Limits is more of the the connecting thing. But they're both the same kind of thing where you have a narrator setting it up, setting up that this is not what you expect. And then letting the story play out. And then the narrator comes back at the end and kind of throws in 
uh, well, in Outer Limits and Twilight Zone, there's a little bit of moralizing going on, but but here it's more. I watch. I can't do anything more, you know, because I'm I'm just the watcher. So, those two things were mm-hmm. definitely touchstones for me. Where I'm like, oh yeah, there's there's something going on here that again feels safe, familiar. You know, I I wondered as I was watching this if Stan Lee was still alive, would he been the one to narrate it as the watcher? Because it seems like that was his role throughout the entire series doing all those cameos. Well, no, because he actually in, was it Endgame? Oh, I can't remember which movie it was, or was it Captain Marvel? Where he no, was, was in his Guardians spacesuit two. talking to Watchers. Was that it Guardians? Was Guardians or... 2. Okay. Was it Guardians 2? Or, yeah, I was going to say either that or or it's Doctor Strange. So they there was a fan theory that he was the Watcher because he's showing up in all these different places. And I don't know if they were riffing on that fan theory or if this is something they came across and decided to do on their own. But Stan Lee is talking to Watchers, telling the Watchers his story. Yeah. Rats. I mean, let's just be honest. Jeffrey Wright as the perfect narrated narration voice for this. So it's perfect. Yes. You know, that he, that he does that. Well, and that's just it. Like, so you guys, I don't know if you have this as part of your childhood, but Spider-Man and Spider-Man and his amazing friends. It started with Spider-Man and his amazing friends where Stan Lee was doing that narration at the beginning and at the end and Spider-Man, which was around the same time in the early eighties when they were doing reruns of the Spider-Man cartoon in a package with Spider-Man and his amazing friends, they went back and added in Stan Lee to put that narration. And so those two shows would feel like they were the same thing. Two different groups of people were working on those two different shows, but they really looked very similar and they came out like the same year or the year, one year after the other. Um, And I just can't imagine the gravitas that uh jeffrey wright is that his name right what's his name again jeffrey wright yeah Yeah, he's the narrator i can't imagine stan lee bringing the same kind of gravitas to that voice again that god voice stan lee has a very recognizable voice and and maybe it would have worked maybe yeah especially on a meta meta level where they're saying hey this is the guy who was telling these stories but what What's the watcher's name? Uatu or something like that? Yes. I actually pulled that. Okay, wow. Uatu. Hmm, okay. Uh, yeah, so so okay. So let's keep going. Um she she decides not to stay in the room and or she decides to stay in the room and that's the trigger. That's the turning point. And if you're looking at things from from that specific moment, things are actually worse, I think, when, when it all plays out. I think more people got hurt with her staying in the room because the bomb goes off and Steve gets shot. People get killed. I'm trying to remember from from Captain America movie, like how many people actually got hurt in that whole interaction. It happens earlier. And and so they're forced to like we we have one shot at this. One person can get in there and <laughs> Howard. Nope, not me. And Steve's hurt. So Peggy's like, 
someone's got to get in there. I guess it's going to be me. And honestly, that's what I love. If I'm going to pull like one cool theme message out of this, it's her at that moment where she says, somebody's got to do something. Nobody else is moving. I'm it's going to be me. Like that's the kind of, that's a hero. That's a hero. A hero is someone who looks at a situation and says something needs to be done. Nobody's doing anything. It's got to be me. And I think she would have done that. Like it from the from the first Avengers, she's the one who, you know, runs out in front of the car and, you know, aims the bullet, aims the gun at the guy and is going to make the shot. But, you know, the new hunk runs her over. I mean, she's she was a hero in her own right before she got the super serum. Yeah. We could also say the same about Steve because he jumped on that grenade or the the dummy grenade. That's true. They both yeah. remember that. That's they such both a great yeah. shot. Yeah. And so here's the other thing. I mean, th- this episode is called "What If Captain Carter Was the First Avenger?" Okay. Um, I like that they keep Steve in because he's still a part of things. I think that the episode could have been just as strong if he had died, but they were trying to do poetry (laughs) they're trying to do george lucas poetry where there's a cycle to it you know and there's a rhyme to it and and that's the other thing that comes out of what if stories is is you get these riffs on things so we get the same story but it plays out with with her instead of him she gets the serum but he still gets to help at the end she's the one who gets taken away and it's mirrored at the end where she's the one who goes away for a long time and when she pops back into wherever she comes out of, when she pops back in with the calamari, she it, it's it's like Steve getting unfrozen. And so if we do get to see her again in another season, I have a feeling we are going to get to see old man weakling Steve. No, old man skinny Steve. He's a weakling. He's a 90 pound weakling. He's I don't like calling him a weakling because he's he has so much fantastic character. He has inner strength, but he does not have he outer inner strength. strength. <laughs> so. And he also as has that really awesome suit. The really awesome suit that that um, uh, Stark made for him. Which we're going to have to talk about. We definitely are going to have yeah. to talk about. But um, to tie back all as what long I've been, as they fondue, I'll be fine. I want to see them actually like have the cheese in the bowl with the little bread yeah. pieces. Yeah. I want to, that's, that's one of the, like, I think one of the better ways that they could uh, riff on that whole theme there is, is to actually have like, I don't know, seventies Steve with his fondue set, which oh. now that you mentioned fondue Stuart, it's time for our obligatory, we haven't talked about Star Trek yet, but let's talk about Corner Gas. That fondue episode of Corner Gas is one of the funniest <laughs> things on TV. <laughs> yes, it is. I yes, it just is. That whole it. show is one of the funniest things on television. It's true. It's true. But that's where is there's... there's still- have you watched Kim's Convenience yet? No. Oh, my gosh. No, I haven't. <laughs> Kim's Convenience is uh, is put on by one of the writers from Corner Gas, and it stars um, 
our new Marvel, our newest Marvel hero, um, Simu Lee, and it's hilarious. It's one of the best shows on television. And it's on Netflix, so. I will take a look. But back to this. <laughs> Tying all this into. Oh, what, yeah, this. Yeah. This yeah. Though. <laughs> Tying what I've been saying about like that rhythm and the riffing and, and all that kind of thing. That's another safety thing for me because we have the what if comics. It's a nostalgia safety thing for me. The Outer Limits, Twilight Zone. But then we also have the MCU that we already know. And so we're stepping into this and yet there's a little bit of a twist, but for us, then we're watching it. And like, these are characters we have grown to love for the last decade. And it's fun to be able to see them in action again, even though it's not Chris Evans doing the voice, but it is Steve Rogers. It is Haley Atwell doing the voice. But, you know, she's 10 years older than when she did first Avenger. But here she is playing herself in her prime and so much fun to see and hear her, you know. And they save a whole lot of money on effects because they didn't have to do any kind of CGI to create the character. It's just all animated. Yeah. Okay. so who didn't come back for this episode? It wasn't skinny Steve. Skip has a new voice actor. And Dum-dum's so does uh, Red Skull. Red Skull, yeah, that was the other one. I think just about everybody else came back for the series. Well, but they didn't have Tommy Lee Jones. They had his character get killed in the room. <laughs> like, I, I'm pretty sure so, I saw that, that general drop dead on the floor in that room. Yeah, so they didn't have but, to recast him. <laughs> But that's the whole, like, what if thing, right? Yep. 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 What, what, what changes, what stays the same? Speaking of actors, there was a thing that I was just reading about Dave Bautista, who tweeted that he was never approached about being in this. And so there's a whole article where they're interviewing some of the people involved in this. They weren't expecting to get the stars. They just started asking some of them. And, they, and the people were like, yeah, we'll do it. So they didn't get Benedict Cumberbatch because Doctor Strange only appears for just a little bit or something. But they did get Bradley Whitford, (laughs) which I think is. But he's not his character from the one shot, which is really interesting. That's true. Yeah. Is it? It's not him. I'm going to say he plays the jet. He plays the general, right? Who's the guy who's like, you don't belong in the room, blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. But he's not that. Uh, I, well, I mean, I guess technically it could be, but that's not the same character that um, was in the one shot, which is, you know, 20 years from now or whatever it is. I just assumed it was. Maybe they couldn't afford all of those A-list actors because they're now A-list now because of the the MCU. Yeah, and but we're going to hear a lot of very familiar voices in this. We're not going to get Robert Downey Jr. But I wouldn't be surprised if if he would be willing to come back for the series because that means he doesn't have to stay in shape and do all the stunts. I mean, he would just go into a voice booth and that would be it. I thought I read something that said he's not going to be in it. 
Yeah. Plus, I think he's still what the most expensive actor or the the most well paid actor in Hollywood right now because of the MCU. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of yeah. pay, maybe that could have been if if we weren't talking about the Suicide Squad, we could have talked about Scarlett Johansson and that whole lawsuit situation. Yeah. Um. Maybe that's for next episode. But that's a very interesting and nuanced how... conversation because there's yeah. some real bad yeah. stuff that it kind of brings up. But then on the other hand, it's like, but it's a pandemic. <laughs> and so it's like, is there practical reasons for this to happen? Maybe, but did they break contract? Ugh, if they did, that's not good. But yeah, I'm very curious about the conversation with you guys. I'm kind of like thinking maybe we should hold back on that conversation because stuff develops all the time. And that's just it. might take quite a while. Yeah. My daughter was yeah. asking about it. I was like, well, it really comes down to, did they break the contract? Like that's really yeah. the biggest thing is if they broke contract, then she can go through with this. And if not, then, you know, we'll see what happens. But, but my daughter's like, can she go through with that? Can she do it? And it's just, I don't know. It just depends on the contract. Yeah. Anyways, I also heard that they oh. released her salary. So that's also kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the Hydra Stomper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> it's Iron Man. <laughs> Hello. It's. Yeah, right? Yeah. That's so, so awesome. Here's what's interesting to me. I was reading, and here's the obligatory Star Trek reference. I was reading a Star Trek novel. It had to do with time travel. This is when I was in high school, maybe even junior high. And one of the interesting things that they brought up in this Star Trek novel was it was an alternate timeline because of time travel shenanigans and they're trying to fix things. And it gets mentioned, no matter what the timeline is, the friendship between Spock and Kirk is going to happen because it's just one of those things that is just meant to be or whatever. Right. And then you have them do this with the Kelvin timeline with Star Trek 2009, where Star Trek uh, gets rewritten, but it's still Kirk and Spock and they find each other. And you have, again, not the romance for the ages, but the friendship for the ages, you know, and it's there it is. And this is kind of what I think we're going to see some of in what if there's an Iron Man. Steve is going to be a hero. Peggy is going to be a hero. Peggy and Steve are going to be have a romance that's going to be uh a tragedy. And I find it really interesting. No matter what, we're going to get an Iron Man, but it's Red Steve Rogers Skull now. Still going to be Red Skull. Yeah. Yeah. From the super soldier serum. That didn't change. Yeah. No, it, it, it's it, it, in doctor who, what do they call it? Samantha, they call it fixed point um, in time. Wait, fixed points in time. Yeah. It's a fixed point in time. Um, yes. Yeah. So, you know, Peggy and Steve being a couple is going to be a, a fixed thing. You know, Red Skull is going to be a fixed thing. That's a really interesting concept. Not just that. I mean, the super soldiers, it seems like it's a fixed point in time. The first super soldier going into the future is a fixed point in time. What's also really interesting about this is none of it. Like we say it's MCU, right? But it's it's not. It is. 
because we're watching it and it's on Disney Plus or whatever. But it's not. Like, these are just fun stories to tell. It's MCM, though. It's the Marvel Cinematic Multiverse now. And this that we're seeing here was one of those unraveling ribbons of light at the end of Loki. So we have multiverse happening now. We have that. That's a nexus point. When 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 Peggy chose to stay in the room, which is a theme of the episode, too, by the way, of, of being in the room, uh, which we can talk about. But when she chose to stay in the room, that's her nexus point. That's what created a different timeline. And the, um, you know, uh, Mobius wasn't there because of what happened. So the, the, the transit authority, not the transit authority, but the time police can't go back and take care of things. TVA. Yeah. But this was a fixed. Now this is, this isn't the fixed point in time. This is the nexus point that creates a new reality. But Watu says, but this doesn't really matter. Or he doesn't really say that, but he says, but that's not really what happened. And so that's a really interesting, like, thing that that the producers and the creators are are dragging us through. Like, and I want to watch, and I can't wait for next Wednesday. And I'm rewatching it again because I love Carter. It's me to see are we going to going to quote unquote matter and that's a definition come to on your own do stories matter we're getting really philosophical in this one well i mean here's the thing yes it matters for this story right so we're sitting down we're watching this episode of what if does it matter yes as my butt sitting on my couch watching this episode for 30 minutes, it matters. And does it matter for the greater MCU? It might matter for the greater MCU because we might see situations where things come up in future episodes of Loki or uh, who knows what, but we might be watching something here that sets up a character who comes popping out of a portal in Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Captain Carter, we might get to see in live action. And how cool would that be? That would be the most amazing thing. It's not going to be as cool as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Winter Soldier, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but only slightly less cool. So if that's a 10, that would be a 9.9 repeating. That might be a 10. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> no, there's some, there's some neat possibilities. Um, but yeah, the whole question of does a story matter when you're talking about, I, I know that there was the fans with, with star Wars who, I remember the there was a viral YouTube video of a guy who's standing in front of his his book collection from Star Wars. He had like every single Star Wars novel except for like six or something like that. And he stood in front of his shelf and just said, this is what Disney's done. And so you know what that means? And he just starts six books at a time, just throwing them off the shelf. This doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. This means nothing. 
this is nothing. This is nothing. And I, I look at that and I just say, no, 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 no. What, what are you doing? It does matter. First of all, when you read it, did you enjoy it? Yes, it mattered. Second of all, can you read it again and enjoy it? Yes, it mattered. The only thing that was different was that they weren't going to do new stuff in that timeline. They weren't going to do a follow-up to book number 62 or whatever it might be. And they aren't going to follow up on a character that was created in book number 83 because they're not telling stories in that timeline anymore. And that's why as much as I really want to see Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. get validated, we saw it get validated with what you were talking about with that episode during Winter Soldier theatrical release. But did we enjoy it? Yes, we enjoyed it so much. And yes, there's a part of my mind, the part of my mind that says I have to have like, if I have a set of books, I want them to match, you know, (laughs) so they all fit together and they all look good on the shelf or I want them to all be different. And then they match in that way because they all are from different printings or whatever. But in my mind, yes, the podcast here is about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And we did all that talk about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then if it's not part of the MCU, if if Feige says it's not part of the MCU, what does that mean about our podcast? You know, we did all that talk about the MCU and every episode of Marvel's uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where we say, this is part of the MCU and we're doing this, blah, blah, blah. We were wrong. You know, it's like finding out Brontosaurus isn't an actual dinosaur. Which, by the way, it's not. (laughs) But it's famous enough that it stuck around as a name. Yeah, well, and and that that comes down. (laughs) It's like finding out Pluto wasn't a planet. It's not. But so that comes down to, you know, the validation of your time, right? You know, are you judging yourself? Are we judging ourselves because we sunk a bunch of time, 352 episodes into this that, you know, is or is not? quote unquote canon anymore and the answer to that is we did 352 episodes and enjoyed each other's company right and that is yeah. worth far more than whether or not it's canon yeah we had fun we had community yeah we had conversation um yeah and it, back to the star wars thing easy for me to say right i mean i read some of the books and some of the comics during that time but I wasn't like super into it and super deep into it. And when they determined, oh, this is all legends now, I went and bought the Han Solo trilogy and the Lando Calrissian trilogy from when I was a kid that I used to see on the shelf and always wanted to get. Well, I, I got them. And now I can read those. I know that they're never going to follow up on those. It doesn't matter because they look fun, you know? And so it's easy for me to dip my toes into that and say, does legends matter? Yes, it matters because it's it's good, it's there, and you have it, and it's fun. That's easy for me to say. I'm, I wasn't hip deep in it. But with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I was hip deep in it. And M, like I loved Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but that's what made it successful and useful. And Agent Carter is the same way. That TV show was so much fun, and I had so much fun showing it to my daughters. They had so much fun watching it. And if it turns out that the TV show was not MCU, does it matter? Well, yes. It does matter. It did matter. And it does because it was good 
and it served its purpose. And they opened up the door for multiverse. So we're good. <laughs> it's all canon now. I would really like to find out that Lou Ferrigno's Hulk universe is canon. Like that's part of a multiverse. I don't know how they would reference that, but. And what's going to be real interesting is if they decide to do that, the journey we are embarking on in Loki and continuing on in what if, and continuing on even further in multiverse of madness is going to be a really interesting journey. I mean, it's going to change cinematic history again, and we're going to have conversations about what is canon and what isn't canon again. And I think it's going to be a super interesting uh, conversation to have. All right. Well, let's get back to this. This episode's canon. Oh, yeah. We had an episode. Yeah. This this 30 <laughs> minutes of canon that we got here in this timeline, which this is the first time that we get to step into this timeline here. I don't know. We need to find out how they designate it because it's, you know, we have the Marvel 616. We have the MCU, which has a number that I can't remember. I don't know what they're going to do to designate these timelines. Isn't it like 1990? 19,999 or something like that. It's actually, I think even a little bit longer than that, but I'm not, again, I don't, I don't remember it. So there's nines in it. I'm pretty sure there's nines in it. I think you're right about that. It's like one nine, 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 nine. <laughs> it's like when you do certain calculations on your calculator and it just has to stop somewhere though. Um, yeah. I think it's five nines. I mean, if only there was some repository of knowledge that we could look into <laughs> to find out what the... If only we had the motivation to go and do that right now. Doing it right now. MCU uh, universe designation. <laughs> it is. You are correct. Earth. Great. One, yeah. nine, 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 nine. So 199,999. Okay, good. So what designation do we get for this universe? I don't know, but this is our first dipping our toes into this universe. And it's so much fun. It, it was fun because I felt like we were watching the first Avenger again for the first time. You get to see these little battles they're punching Nazis. And I guess if I had one thing, this is a violent episode. And well, <laughs> there's, have you seen the entire MCU catalog? <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, the first Avenger it has a lot of pretty heavy violence. I mean, the way she uses that shield though, I feel like she's even a little more violent than, uh, than Steve with the way she uses that shield. Yeah. Also, I love that she gets a sword. Yeah, yeah. And that just seems somehow just a little bit more British than a gun, because a handgun seems to be American, but a sword is just a little bit more elegant. Sword and shield. I mean, this is, she's a, yeah. she's a knight. Yeah. She, yeah, she's a warrior. And yeah. So what do you think she's fighting besides the, mass of tentacles do you think that's hive from the patriarchy that's what else she's fighting <laughs> yeah she's she true the true 
uh, but but more literal and physical. <laughs> the tentacles. <laughs> I, I, it's funny you should bring up um, uh, bring up uh, Mavith. Um, just throwing in some feedback right now. Agent Dylan wrote in, "What if Captain Carter became the first Avenger?" Is the title he wrote and said, "Agents, did the tentacles get bigger?" Well, yeah, they did. Um, he says, wasn't expecting Hive to show up, yet here we are. I'm not surprised he can do that. He can possess bodies, for crying out loud. So if Red Skull knew how to use the Tesseract to connect to Mavith, why didn't he do that in the first Avenger? I guess we should be relieved he didn't, though. There was one person sorely missing from this episode, though. No, not Tommy Lee Jones. Jarvis, the man who crossed from TV to movies. They threw in Bradley Whitford from the one shot. Why not Peggy's brother figure? Agent Dylan signing off. Hashtag trip lives. Hashtag Carly lives. P.S. It's a shame. This wasn't the timeline that the team ended up traveling to in season seven. It really would have simplified the whole Daniel Souza thing. But anyway, he uh, also brought in that connection to Hive. And yeah, I mean, they aren't directly referencing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but when if you squint and look at it right, I mean, they kind of are. Yeah. But now this begs the question, is there still going to be a shield? Yeah, she's got it at the end when she goes into the, when she sees uh, Fury and, and Hawkeye, she's got the shield. Well, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, shield as in the acronym <laughs> for the organization. Are you just referencing somebody liking to make a word out of the yeah. name shield? So you know what I mean. Well, this is what's interesting. I do now. know what you mean. This show, we get to ask questions like that, Sam, where it's like, okay, will shield exist as an entity? Well, maybe we got that post credit, but that wasn't post credit, but it should have been with uh, Fury and Hawkeye. I didn't, I don't remember seeing a shield symbol though. But Hydra got defeated, right? And if we know one thing about S.H.I.E.L.D., we do know that they love to put their symbol on everything. So they do. we would have oh, seen... Like, that's got to be in every Yes, multiverse. okay. It's there. It's there. If you're watching and you stop at 28 minutes and 24 seconds... There is a shield emblem on the wall behind nice. Fury and Hawkeye. Well, she wasn't the only one behind Shield. I mean, Stark was too, but you know, she was she was a big part of creating it. So, so it looks yeah. like the SSR did become Shield, but then okay. there's other things, right? Winter Soldier doesn't happen because nope. Bucky Barnes does not get thrown off the train and unless we're going to see some sort of uh, rhyming structure going on here where something else happens to him to cause him to be like that. Um, they did riff on it a little bit where he says, you almost pulled my arm off. And yeah. So winter soldier as a person, he does not become winter soldier iron man. I'm curious what happens to iron man when the iron man suit was created by Howard Stark instead of, Tony Stark. Does Iron Man happen earlier? And are other people Iron Man instead of instead of Tony Stark? Um, what's going on with the Avengers? Hawkeye and Fury well, seem to be the same. Well, um, uh, for T'Challa, I mean, the title of Black Panther was hereditary. So, I mean, there 
Tony Stark could still be Iron Man. He could be, but I'm, I'm what I'm saying is like it was created in the 40s now instead of in 1999 or whatever it was or 2000 or whatever it was. Um, Good point. There's 60 years of development on that technology. Hmm. So there's where it's fun to like think through, well, what's it going to look like and how is it different? This is alternate history stuff that we're looking at, which is kind of fun to read alternate history in our own world. But in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we spent so much time in, it's also a little bit of fun to do that there. Isn't there supposed to be one episode per all of this stuff? The They were making it sound like there's going to be one episode per movie. Okay. So, but it doesn't, I think they kind of pulled back a little bit to say it doesn't mean that every movie gets its own episode. So we'll see where they actually go with it. One thing that was the same that actually got answered because it seemed ambivalent in the original movie was when exactly did Peggy fall in love with Steve? And I think the answer is... Well, definitely now is before Steve's transformation because she was still attracted to skinny Steve in this series. So, and that's one thing I remember wondering, you know, was she falling in love with him before or after the transformation? And I'm really glad that it turned out to be before. Yeah, I was a little worried for skinny Steve when I saw that he didn't die. Like, she has become something even more powerful than she was before. And, you know, she didn't, you know, it's one of those where let's just face it. You know, he, if they got married, he'd be the one marrying up, you know, like he, she's, she's a strong, confident woman who became a strong, strong woman as well. And yeah, she was was also a warrior before then too. Yeah. It was interesting to see, okay, this is happening. No matter what the romance is there. And it's a romance for the ages. One that I can definitely stand behind and say, that's really nice. So let's talk about the artwork. The artwork is amazing. Every cell, every composition is purposeful and thought out and very well done. Um, It's, it seems like it's rotoscoping. Yeah, it's beautiful. It seems like it's rotoscoping, although I don't feel like they shot it and then rotoscoped it. I feel like they they modeled it in in 3D and then did some 2D cell shading, which is pretty popular these days. But yeah, can't wait to see more. I remember seeing the trailers and I remember not being impressed. And those quick shots on the trailers... I just thought this does not look good. There are two 45 minute movies that Marvel made that were like team up movies with the Hulk or something like that. And they were awful. They were, they were very, very difficult to watch. I could not watch them. Um, I did anyway, but I was just like worried that this is what that was going to be was, it was going to be like that. Um, when you see it in motion, 
with all of the long shots as they're intended to be seen. And I'm not sure if they actually had some t- an opportunity to clean it up even more. Like if those trailers were actually early shots that weren't finished or something, I don't know, but you're right. I think gorgeous is a word I would use. And there's a clean modern feel, but it also has a retro feel to it as well because it looks 2d. Um, and this is my last bit where I said this episode felt familiar and safe and comfortable because it really did take me back to those Superman cartoons from the thirties. I think it was the Fleischer Superman cartoons that was rotoscoped. And there was just this fluidity of movement that they had. And it was just gorgeous action, even though it was cartoony and not realistic at all. Um, yeah. Stuart, you're right. This is so, it's just so good looking. Like I can see certain prints, certain, you know, cells of this as, as wall art, as print art. Um, there's a shot when she has her sword, she's just been pulled into the future or wherever, and she's got her sword and her shield and she's takes up the entire frame like that. I want that on my wall easily want that on my wall. Well, I don't know if you guys remember from film school or if you were taught this in film school, but the mark of a really great film, or at least a beautifully shot film, is if every single frame from the film is is a piece of artwork. And so I'd say, yeah, fairly, this is this is there. So I watched Barry Lyndon recently, and it occurred to me that that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to recreate. Um, Stanley Kubrick was trying to recreate these gorgeous paintings that he had seen uh, researching that film time period. And that's what he was doing. So, yes. Yeah. And, and that's what they were I, doing in Congress is Godzilla too. But um, you, you have to have more because also is moving. And that's where, yeah, Sam, this is moving from art piece to art piece, you know, like this is, um, you know, or, you have a character in, in motion in, in, in a very artistic way. And, um, I feel like this 30 minute cartoon that we got is on par with some of the best animation. As far as when you're looking at, like, when I say best animation, I mean, the story is engaging. The characters are engaging. Some of that is nostalgia. Some of that is familiarity for us, but the style is also engaging. And it's, it's fluid and it gets cartoony, you know, it does get to, there's some facial expressions that are caricatures that a human's face can't make, you know, with, with the eyes and the mouth and that sort of thing, but it's not enough to take you out and, and make you say, this is not of a piece with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. And for the film students out there, another great marker is if you can watch something for the first time on mute and completely follow the story from beginning to end, then that's another great marker. Uh, I think in the commentary for The Fugitive, the movie with, uh, um, uh, I can't remember his name right now. Jones and Harrison Ford. And Han Solo. Yes, thank you. That movie, uh, that version of Fugitive. In the commentary with the director, he said that his father was deaf and he showed his father an early cut right before the premiere. 
And his father said, even without having any sort of um, uh, closed captioning, he said that he could follow the entire story from beginning to end. It's the same with comic books as well. Like if you yeah. if you have a comic book where you can take all of the word balloons off and still follow the story, that's good visual storytelling. And what happens though is there's layers then because a great movie you can do that, but you can also read the screenplay without the visuals, and it reads artistically, and you can listen to it without the visuals, and it's you know, it takes you on, on this journey as well. And so if you have all of those things happening at the same time, that's where it gets to be like, that's the cinematic piece of art. Yeah. All of these things are happening all together. And, you know, the screenplay is poetry and the visuals are, are visual or visually artistic and the sound, you know, just all these things together. And I think we've got something like that here with with this anyway it this show i think we can all agree we three all agree anyway that it was really good so my friend nathan marchand he's the uh primary host for the monster island film vault he always has guests on there to talk about kaiju movies i've been a guest on there to talk about kaiju movies really enjoy talking about kaiju movies but he did send me a, a quick message and just said this episode I'm not not enjoying it. So, yeah. I, but I think the three of us definitely all agree this was a lot of fun. This is a good episode. I feel like it hit all of those different marks of beautiful style, fun story. So, we've talked about our feedback. I think it's it's time for final final thoughts on this thing. I loved it. I can't wait to see more. Oh, I'm feeling the same way. I, I really want to see the next Agent Carter episode. But next week, it looks like we're going to get T'Challa kidnapped um, and taken into the outer space and becoming Star-Lord. So <laughs> I, I really want to see that, too. Yeah. And what's interesting about that one is that is uh, um, uh, Chadwick Boseman. Boseman, yeah. Uh, that's that's his final uh, his final performance as, as Black Panther. Yeah. Um, so that's it's kind of an interesting thing, but it's it's nice to be able to see this episode here and how artistically it was put together and how well it worked. Um, because like I said, when I saw those trailers, I was like, oh, this this does not look good. I'm not looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the idea because I love the idea of what if, but I was not looking forward to the animation. And I was wondering, like, is this going to be kind of a bad send off for the character but yeah yeah so we will see we will see next episode what's going on with what if i would also like to thank our patreon patrons jeffrey tazzle blessed cheesemaker 084 julie and andrew thank you all very much Stuart, you have any final words Uh, <laughs> no, did you fall asleep? I, I don't. <laughs> I might have. Yes. That's... No, I love it. I think we're. I think we're great. Let's let's keep watching more of them. Okay. I, I guess all I have to say is I want to thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for spending some time with us, asking the question, "What if?" And post credit, we will be talking about the 
Suicide Squad briefly and probably non-spoilery. But for now, I just want to say that as podcasters, you know, all we can do is just kind of sit back, you know, and, and, and watch. We can, that, that's all we can do. I observe all that transpires here, but I, I do not and cannot and will not interfere for I am the watcher. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard from us, now we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us voicemail by calling one 5 level 7 That's one 553 Or send us an email to feedback at welcometolevel7.com. Just don't forget, the 7 is spelled out. You can also go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback and leave us a message there. Or join us on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash welcome to level seven. The seven is spelled out. Our theme music is Little Lily Swim by Tritachion, found at soundcloud.com slash tri-tachion. And don't forget, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven. The seven is spelled out and become a Patreon supporter there. Once again, thanks so much for listening. And Godspeed. Oh, that's perfect. (laughs) Well, was the ending of... uh, Like, for this podcast, at least. Because we're all watchers, in a way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because we can't change a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, Samantha, The Suicide Squad. What did you think? Directed by James Gunn, featuring... A uh, couple different people from the MCU. It's better than Suicide Squad 2016. It's better than that. I. I'm with you there. For I sure. wasn't a. F- yeah, yeah. It's it's way better. I, um, and I like that you can take it or leave it as, as either a sequel or a reboot. I love that he left it open like that. I really didn't appreciate the violence. <laughs> so much and some of the language but you know when you have a movie that's based on murdering murderers who are hired to do more murdering you kind of have to expect that but i just felt like it was a really nice merging of james gunn's style i don't want to say guardians of the galaxy but so many of the guardians of the galaxy actors appear in this film it's like someone merged guardians of the galaxy and deadpool and threw it in a pot with with uh, the villains of the DC universe and just came up with something that was really well done. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're not going to spoil, but I will say it earns the R rating for sure. Um, Yeah. It definitely earns the R rating, but I just, I find it interesting and, and I don't want to go to strangers and aliens here. You know, I, I, I do, you know, strangers and aliens is a place where it is meant to be spiritual, um, application and spiritual deconstruction of, of pop culture stuff. What's interesting to me is after I, I made a comment to you about how this, this, the, the suicide squad is about 
you know, we're rooting for murdering murderers who murder, you know, and, and we're rooting for them to, to do the murdering, you know, and, and we're laughing at them as they're doing the murdering. And, but we're rooting for them. And as I was thinking about that, I was just thinking, well, wait a minute, that is kind of, and, and this, you know, maybe just, this is one of the things to throw out there. If you do not follow the same faith that I do, that maybe this helps you understand why I'm, I'm attracted to the faith that I have. But the faith that I have is, is a faith that is about, you know, there's, there's value in everyone, you know, and a murdering murderer who murders, there is, you know, redemption for them. And, and now that's not what's happening in this movie, but, you know, can I root for someone who's evil to stop being so evil? I I think, I think I can, you know, I don't want to be so judgy about that. But anyway, as you're watching this thing, you know, it's very violent. There's crude humor. I did see the, there's one nudity uh male frontal nudity very quick oh gosh you might not even notice it but you might and it is very much like i'm glad guardians of the galaxy is pg-13 because it has the same kind of thematic sensibility without all of the graphic sensibility right yeah but yeah i mean this it's a lot of it is just watching people who are not redeemable (laughs) and and re- rooting for them to do the things that they're not redeemable for. And man, do you laugh? Like you may not have liked some <laughs> of that the violence. I but did I, laugh. I, yeah. I was of, laughing. Yeah, I, and, and this is part of what's, I don't know if it's good about these movies or not, but you're laughing at things and thinking to yourself, I shouldn't be laughing at this, but that was funny. And I will say this. Oh, oh go ahead. Go oh, ahead. go ahead. I was going to say, so they're murdering murderers who were hired to do some murdering. But on the other hand, if they weren't there in that moment, bad things. I mean, the DC universe could be going in a completely different direction. So they were, yeah. they were the wrong, wrong people in the right place at the right time. <laughs> yeah. And there was, there was plot holes. And the other thing, yeah, I don't want to get into spoilers, so I'm not going to go further there. Um, I'll just say yeah. this. Harley Quinn is my DC Deadpool character. Like, I just don't like Harlequin as a character. And part of it is both Deadpool and Harlequin are in Marlequin even more, I think in the comics anyway, you know, she just, will just go around killing people and it's just okay <laughs> because it's her book, you know? Yeah. So I'm just not a big fan of Harlequin, but she wasn't too bad in this. So no, but the other characters, I, I mean, I talked about these things, the, uh, the other characters, especially uh rat catcher two and, uh, Idris Elba, they're, they're likable characters that you're kind of, you're wanting them to get out of the rut that they're in, you know, and is this a chance for them to get away from, you know, the cycles that they're in? So, yeah. Well, one slightly redeemable thing about Harley is there's a moment where she sees a red flag and she doesn't fall back into old habits. Yeah. I'll just leave it there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a really good moment. And then she's Harley. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. But it's definitely a James Gunn movie. Yeah. (laughs) And it's got all that violence and humor and the grotesqueness and but then there the humor redeems the violence 
sometimes, somewhat. but I felt really yeah. uncomfortable watching it somewhat. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I don't think it's something I will go back to watch a second time. But I appreciate it so much for what it was. All right. That's the Suicide Squad in yeah. a nutshell from us. <laughs> yeah, from us. Your mileage not only may vary, but probably will vary. Yeah. So, all right. That's it. Thanks, Sam. Talk to you later. Thank you. Good night.